This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. It's week three in the National Football League. Red versus Bush. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. On Friday, September 24, 2010, Broadcasting this transmission live from Indianapolis. It's Red versus Blue High Stakes Radio. Hello, everybody, and good evening. Welcome to another edition of Red versus Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host. <laughs> I just hear the buzz of is at a ten tonight uh, from Brandenburg, Kentucky. Michael Tran, Mike, uh, we had a discussion on the uh, board this evening about one job at best, and I can't make heads or tails what you're talking about. You think he's going to do 50 or not, or you don't. Uh, job at best is the story of the National Football League. No question about it, Scott. And the buzzle meter is uh, actually it's, it's at a pretty low level, but we'll go from there. Uh, job at best. He is a great back. Uh, he he got 50 points last week, and uh, he will not see 50 again. He's hit his ceiling for this year, uh, but he is a great back. There's no question about it. And he might get 50 points again in in a week in 2011, 12, 13, 14. Uh, the problem I have, uh, the thing I worry about uh, about jumping best is, uh, will he make it to week 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 this year? So that's something you gotta you gotta worry about, and uh, you know I I've, I've kind of been watching him, and uh, I'm I don't think I I don't know if he'll make it that. I hope he does, but I'm not sure. 
I think it was back in uh, May, I think, I pulled a trade for the 1-4 rookie pick, thinking that, uh, you know, Javid Best would fall there because, of course, the big three all throughout the season in Dynasty Leagues in the preseason was, uh, you know, it was C.J. Spiller, it was Des Bryant, and it was Ryan Matthews uh, in some type of order there in the top three, and Best had been falling in May and June to the four pick. Well, as the season went on, the summer went on, he started creeping up at three. I even took him at two one time. And uh, you were you were a little reluctant to give me that one four pick and hyperactive Mike, but then you let it go for uh, uh, Shanko and Choice and a third rounder. Yep. Those are some of the trades that you make, and uh, but uh, you know in in that other league, I really uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate the fact that you gave me. Uh, that's the same league, Jamal Charles. They gave you Jamal Charles for Reggie Wayne in a first rounder. <laughs> no, you gave me Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. And oh, I appreciate no, no, no. That, was, that was before you even got there, buddy. So listen. Anyway, I, I appreciate it. We, uh, we're broadcasting live from Indianapolis. <laughs> we also stream live on Blog Talk Radio at the Fantasy Sports Channel. Thanks to Mark Ronick and the guys. Uh, FM. If you're a new listener to the show, welcome to Red vs. Blue. I bleed red. He bleeds blue. Unfortunately, uh, you got a big game coming up against. Unfortunately, what do you mean? Unfortunately, there's nothing unfortunate to bleed blue. Uh, Kentucky is going to the swamp. Uh, they're going to face Florida, and you know they're finally facing them on kind of a down year. Even though Kentucky's going to be a 14 point dog, uh, chances are they might get their butt whooped again. But the the only uh, only difference would be turnovers. If Kentucky limits it to one turnover or less, Kentucky's going to be in that football game. It's going to be a game, man. I think it'll be. Uh, I think you'll uh, you'll go down by about uh, ten points, my prediction. But uh, I think, it, or maybe maybe eight, maybe ten, something like that. But I think I think they will cover the spread. So uh, anyway, you know, again, if you're a new listener, welcome to Red versus Blue. We have the crew here, the chat room of Red versus Blue. We affectionately call the crew comprised of some of the best minds in high-stakes fantasy football. We have Chad Schroeder, Cocktails and Dreams, in the chat room, uh, a world champion in his own right. We've got Lance, sports betting man. We've got Wayne Ellis, uh, high-stakes veterans here in the chat room tonight, so uh, welcome. We've also got Hugh Packer in the chat room. Hello, buddy. So, listen, we've, uh, we're at week three in the National Football League. I'm looking on my list here and trying to figure out what the biggest story is, Mike, in the National Football League. Uh, and, and I guess I'm going to start, you know, with the defending champions, New Orleans Saints. They're still 2-0, uh, a hard-fought victory against Minnesota at home, and they come back on the road uh, against San Francisco and win a game at the wire behind the leg of Garrett Hartley. Now, Mike, that game was uh, tooth and nail. I, I, I said on the show that if Alex Smith didn't show something, he should get benched. And, you know, he, uh, he put up a heck of a performance there at the end of the game, and, and a drive that I don't even think Vegas expected, but he did go down, and, and, and Gore gets it in there and, and uh, ties right. up the game. They get a two-point conversion, and, and the Saints come out to win. What did you think of that game? Well, well, you know, what I saw of that game is uh, I, saw, I saw a team that, uh, that wants to win all the time, every time, and that's New Orleans. Uh, there's no question about it that San Francisco put their heart and soul into that game because – they laid a total egg against uh, Seattle in week one. And they wanted to come out. They wanted to prove everybody that, uh, hey, we're, we're pretty good. And I think they did that. But the bottom line is that New Orleans showed everybody else that, hey, you know, if we're, 
if we're pushed up against the wall, then we're going to win these games. And uh, that showed me a lot out of New Orleans, uh, not just uh, Garrett Hartley, obviously the kicker, but, uh, you know, losing, uh, not having Reggie Bush and uh, and just Drew Brees doing what he does all the time. Uh, this team was resilient, and they continue to do it. New Orleans is uh, the class of the league. Uh, Pierre Thomas is a nice uh, nice player now with uh, with Bush out, the broken fibula, four to six weeks. He thinks it will be a little less uh, a, a little less than that uh, because he is off crutches. But uh, you know, listen, that's a that's a broken fibula. I don't. I think he's out at least a month. Uh, Pierre Thomas definitely gets a bump. He was a guy already heavily involved, Mike. Uh, I mean, last week the San Francisco did shut down the run. But he uh, he's still a guy. Eight receptions, fifty-seven yards on the on the reception. So he's a guy that gets those extra points and really makes up for things. Uh, Breeze Sharp is always twenty-eight for thirty-eight, two fifty-four and two. Colston, that last catch might burn me uh, in the in the main event at the FFPC uh, uh, against our good friend Mike Krusek, four D. That Colston catch right at the end. Uh, I lost I lost a main event championship uh, game on that catch, and right before that. The Gore touchdown cost me the World Championship main event. So the Gore touchdown cost me the WCFF main event. It allows for the opportunity for Brees to have to throw. Colson makes a catch, and they lose the FFPC. It was a heartbreaking night to lose those two games like that. In that game. Yeah, it was. Like that. Oh, yeah, that's got to be tough. And uh, last week, uh, you know, myself, I, w- I went through a couple of different lineup changes that uh, – you know, I should have went with and didn't go with, and uh, it, it, it's pretty tough. I mean, I'm going to have a hard time uh, ever starting Lee Evans again uh, because, you know, I started him in, in favor of uh, Kevin Walter. Uh, Kevin Walter, this guy, you know, I mean, he's been somebody that, you know, he's, he's touch a goal, you know, in years past, but uh, the first two weeks this year he's been great. But uh, to go back to uh, New Orleans, uh you know they're they're pretty solid, and you you, you pretty much have to re- rely on uh, Pierre Thomas right now because he's going to get a lot more a lot more catches and uh, uh, carries, and it, it's going to work out good for him. I think you definitely give Lance Moore a little bit of a bump here. He's also returning punts and taking over the Reggie Bush role, and uh, he only saw 28 snaps last week. I think you will see a, a, a bump there. Again, uh, it's Atlanta versus New Orleans this week. So let's take a look at Atlanta. Uh, 41-7 whooping over Arizona last week. Uh, Matt Ryan looking sharp, 21 for 32, 225. Turner goes down uh, with the groin injury. And Snelling comes in. Here's Jason Snelling, almost Jobson Besk-esque. Uh, Snelling, 24 carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns, five catches, 57 yards and a touchdown. Heavily involved this kid was. A 40-point game for Jason Snelling. Now, this well, week, Turner is back, Mike. But, I mean, it's, it, it's going to be have to be very careful. Why would you – why re, why why risk re-injuring that groin when you've got a kid like Snelling? Maybe 15 touches for Turner, and that means only about 8 to 10 points unless he scores. Yeah, you know what? You made a good comment there. Uh, why, why re-risk it, so to speak? Uh, the thing is that Michael Turner is the burner. He is the man for that team. Um, Jason Stelling, he came in and uh, he did a wonderful job. And uh, if he, when his number is called, he's going to do it again. Michael Turner is—he's a better back. 
than uh, Jason Snelling, let's face it. Uh, so they're, I don't know why they're going to rush this thing up uh, unless they want to just, you know, you got to win games quick in the NFL. If you don't win games quick, uh, you're going to be behind the eight ball. And so this is a chance for uh, Atlanta to do it. And and the bottom line is they, they've got to go ahead and do it. And if Turner can't do it, then they know they have Snelling now. Yeah, and again, uh, this is a good matchup for the Atlanta ground game if they get a chance to use it. Now, New Orleans has have they're 26 in the league right now against the the run, but again, that's against Gore and Adrian Peterson. So don't jump to too many conclusions there. That New Orleans defense is is pretty stout. Uh, but I think Atlanta, if if they play the right type of game, I mean, Roddy White is the guy you have to get involved early. Seven catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Mike, who leads the league in targets right now? It's Roddy White. Roddy White, 35 targets, man. So, you know, this guy has to. you got to get him involved early. He leads over uh, Miles Austin? Yes. Yeah, he uh, – I want to break that down to you here in a little bit. But, yeah, he does lead over Miles Austin. Roddy White's number one in the league. The problem with Atlanta that I'm looking at, Tony Gonzalez, man, he looks to be aging. If you drafted Gonzo, you're expecting a, you know, a, top, a perennial top five pro bowler, Hall of Fame type career uh, tight end here. He's showing his age, Mike. If you have another option, I think we. I think Gonzo needs to show me something. He needs to show me that he's still got it. And and, and so far, he hasn't showed it. Two catches, 19 yards, and and week one didn't look good. About the same, Mike. If, if you're looking and you've got like a Tony Gonzalez or a Dustin Keller decision, don't you go ahead and throw the young legs in of Keller instead of risking it with a with a oh. Tony Gonzalez right now? Man, I am totally impressed with uh, Dustin Keller right now. Uh, he he impresses the heck out of me. This, this kid, uh, he he is he's really good. And uh, even you know even some other tight ends that out there, uh, you know John Carlson. You can you can throw a bunch of them out there that I would rather start in front of him. So yeah, it's uh, it's Gonzo's just a little scary right now. If you have another option, I mean I, I'd be half tempted to put somebody in there. Like uh, you know I, I would I would come all the way down to like. Uh, uh, the Keller uh, area, maybe even the Carlson type of player. Yeah. I don't know if I would take a risk and throw like an Aaron Hernandez to the Wolves, but again, Buffalo against New England, you know, that's a matchup. Maybe you would throw a Hernandez to the Wolves. I, I would probably have to start Gonzo just out of sheer, you know, I wouldn't want to put the kick me stupid sign on my back because I've been Gonzo for, for a rookie that I've only seen one game. But, Until something happens in Minnesota, uh, you know, you got to throw uh, Shanko out there because, oh, oh, that's, yeah. face it, that's Brett Favre's only reliable guy that he can throw to is Shanko. Absolutely, yeah. Shanko is an elite player at this point, and and uh, that that's that can't be overstated. He's he's been a guy we're gonna we're gonna talk about again here tonight. So, uh, again, a great game, New Orleans, San Fran. Let's let's go to that side of the ball a little bit because San Fran does have a, a, an interesting game this week at Kansas City. But, again, the story on, on uh, Monday night was Alex Smith uh, really rallying that team, putting them on his back there that last drive, and he looked good. 23 for 32, 275 in the touchdown. He did have the two picks. Gore is the beast there, 20 carries, 112 yards, seven catches, 56, and two touchdowns. I mean, come on, there, there, there's not a player in the league you'd rather have right now than Frank Gore. He's just that good, other than John Best, of course. Uh <laughs> 
You guys just, just put the rings on, Scott. Just put the rings on. Be done with it. And to throw it in. Listen, the interesting situation here, the development that I'm seeing in San Fran, uh, he's not looking toward Crabtree. Now, again, I know they didn't want to challenge uh, the New Orleans corner there. Crabtree only one catch. Josh Morgan, six catches for 70 yards. They threw to him all day. Uh, I, I don't know if that will continue this week. I'm kind of real weary about putting Crabtree in my mat in my lineup until he shows me something. I, I've got a decision where I'm going to be putting in a Lewis Murphy of Oakland over a Michael Crabtree. I'm going to do it this Absolutely. week. Because again, Murphy had a six catch, 90 day yard, 90, 90 yards and a touchdown day last week. Crabtree's never done that. Crabtree's never had a six for 90 and a touchdown day. So yes, he's a great dynasty prospect. Yes, he had one hell of a college career. He's not ready in that offense to be that type of player yet. I thought he might be. Alex Smith and him don't have that chemistry yet. He's he's lining up against number one cornerback, Mike, and he simply, Alex Smith is not ready to give him the ball. He he, 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 he ran one heck of a route. You saw that crisp cut that he made? I mean, he was sharp and he was gone for that 30 yards, but he's got to get more look. He's got to get more targets, and Alex Smith is not comfortable yet in that connection. No, and, you know, I totally agree with that. But I will say this, that you got to remember what happened last year with Greg Kowski and uh, Lewis Murphy toward the end of uh, last year. Uh, they connected. They were getting it done. I like Greg Kowski. I like Murphy as far as a tandem. Uh, when you're talking about uh, Alex Smith and uh, Crabtree, I don't like it right now. Uh, if you're going to have a wide receiver that you need to plug in, you know, at a last-minute choice, uh, whether it be Crabtree or Lewis Murphy, I'll take Lewis Murphy right now all day long because of the connection and what they have with uh, Murphy and Krakowski instead of uh, Crabtree and Smith. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Kansas City in that top ten run defense is going to get challenged this week against Frank Gore. He's going to give them everything they can handle. It's going to be the Frank Gore show this year. And this week you're going to see it in Kansas City. Now, the question on that side of the ball, Mike, look, it's Todd Haley. And we're just tired and sick and tired of us Jamal Charles owners. Thomas Jones gets 22 carries last week. Jamal Charles gets 11. And we're sitting here just thumping our heads saying, what do we have to do to get Charles on the field more? Uh, Castle looks awful. Dwayne Bowe isn't doing anything. Four catches, 45 yards. I mean, come on, there's... There's so much more potential than than this with this Dwayne Bow, but Castle can't get him the ball. So, um, again, another player like Crabtree that I'm tempted to bench for a Lewis Murphy, maybe a Mark Clayton even, one of these guys that's heavily involved in their team and their philosophy. Bow right now is kind of an afterthought. It's like uh, Haley can't make up his mind. He's got he's got McCluster, Thomas Jones, Charles on the brain and that whole thing, and he's, and he wants, he's giving Thomas Jones 20 carries. I mean, what, what's the mess going on here? Well, I, you know, I can't trust anything from Kansas City uh, right now, uh, whether it's uh, Charles, uh, Dwayne Bow, uh, you know, Thomas Jones. I cannot trust anything that they have to offer. Uh, right. You know, I've got – I mean, it's a hard risk when, uh, you know, it's funny to say I can start somebody else uh, that might be lower on the depth chart in my in my fantasy team but I would rather start them, uh, you know, whoever it may be, because I just cannot trust what I'm getting out of Kansas City. It's kind of the same way with, uh, honestly, the Jets, uh, with Sean Green and LT. 
I can't trust what I'm going to get. I'm going to have to feel it out and see what happens. Well, it's an interesting situation here with uh, with Kansas City to watch. Uh, they're going up against the San Francisco passing defense, which has been very stout. You saw it the other night against Drew Brees. I mean, nothing came easy. Uh, it was a lot of dunk passes to Pierre Thomas. You're going to see that again. This time it's going to be to Frank Gore. Uh, I, I'm sorry, hopefully to Jamal Charles. And, uh, you know, San Fran's passing defense is a, is a top-ten defense right now, no doubt about it. They've, uh, they're have they going to give Kansas City all they can handle in Kansas City. I would expect San Fran to get their first win on the board. And so if it's that type of game, I expect to see a little bit more of Jamal Charles, or, or I hope so, or I'm going to throw something, man, through the TV. Well, you know, but, you know Scott, I would – I would, I would hope so. I mean, I think that's the way they ought to go, but uh, it just depends on the matchups, I guess, and uh, you know whatever happens there. But uh, Kansas City, uh, they've got, a, they've built a pretty good defense, a real good defense, and they need to run with it and uh, you know go with uh, Jamal Charles a little bit more. But uh, you know, it's that's up to Haley. All right, let's uh, let's look at this uh, Houston Texans team, two and zero. I honestly believe they're the story of the NFL. Here, last week, you know, they or, or, or week one, they they took on the Colts and won that game, and, and and now this past week they come back and score twenty unanswered points to to win that game. That that's just an incredible team chemistry that they've got going on, and a lot of confidence they're building up here. This this Houston Texans team, which. Uh, for some reason, the last few years, they've never been able to really get the breaks. And now this year, they look determined. I know you've loved Matt Schaub for several, for some time now. You traded Aaron Rodgers straight up for him in a dynasty. I saw that about maybe six months ago, and I was scratching my head. But, you know, hey, yeah. Matt Schaub was your leading passer uh, last year, not Aaron Rodgers, not Peyton Manning. It was Matt Schaub. And, and here they are, 2-0 and with two big wins, uh, one against the Colts and and that game is, is just one of those games that you, you can't uh, – they could never win. And, and, and now this week they, they come back and, and they, get a, they get another W. Mike, they're 2-0. and oh. what, what, what do you think about this team? Well, uh, Scott, this team, uh, they amaze me. Uh, Andre Johnson, uh, he's a little gimpy there with his uh, ankle and everything. But, but uh, you come back and, uh, you know, if uh, Matt Schaub, he's got – Plenty of weapons to throw to. Kevin Walter, I mean, my goodness, mm. he stepped up. He, he threw up 31 fantasy points last week, uh, almost yep. 32. I mean, and he's doing great. So you throw in Arian Foster, which yep. has been a, a pleasant surprise to uh, right. a lot of people. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different weapons that are happening, but what people don't realize that Houston, they got a pretty daggone good defense. So you you better watch Houston because uh, you know it's funny because I'm a I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and uh, you know I'm so upset with that team and it's co- it's going to be kind of funny because uh, you know I wouldn't be uh, so upset to see the Houston Texans playing in Cowboy Stadium in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't what would Jerry Jones think about that? Hmm. Well, again, it's uh, it's it's a, it's going to be a matchup this week. The, the the Texans are, are are a team for real. You say about the defense, they they have they've really allowed a lot of points though. That for some reason they they haven't been able to put it together and stopping. But look, when you're scoring over thirty points a game like the Texans are, you you can you can allow some points, right? I mean, this is an offense that is built yeah, yeah. for fair, man. Uh, hey, everybody QB, knows AJ is a monster. Yeah, yeah. Jubiak and uh, Shaw, they're, they're saying, hey, look, 
if we can hold them to 21 or 24, we're in good shape. And most teams don't look at it that way. But, uh, you know, I believe the Houston Texans, are, they're, they're the real deal. And, I mean, everybody better watch out for them. Uh, you know, against Dallas at home this weekend, it would not surprise me one bit for them to uh, just do what they've been doing. Run, Mike, if, Dallas, run if, Dallas goes, if Dallas goes 0-3, uh, is there, are there any playoff hopes? Is this team still alive or are they out of it? You know, I mean, right now they're only one game out. You know, in that division, that division's been getting beat up right now. So it's not like you know that 0-2 start's not that big of a deal right now. But if they go 0-3, uh, that's a lot of momentum to have to gain back and get rolling. I mean, 0-3 has yeah. that ever been done? No, I don't. No, it's never been done. 0-2 is hard to hard to get done. Uh, 0-3, that's going to be very difficult. Uh, but uh, you know, they've got to uh, they got to find their identity amongst themselves, and they. They haven't had that from the preseason game when I was on the show uh, back, uh, I think it was the third week of preseason, when they played Houston Texans. Uh, Even though it was preseason, I I remember saying the team don't look right. And, you know, there's something not right about Dallas right now. Yeah, definitely. uh, I don't know if it's Romo, the new leadership there. Obviously, you've got to – you can't look very farther, very much further than the than the coaching staff. There, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they know what they want to do. Look, Houston is a favorite this week. Uh, Dallas at Houston. Houston is a two and a half point favorite. So that's uh, that comes as no surprise. Uh, again, Romo, thirty four for fifty one, three hundred and seventy yards. They lost twenty seven to twenty last week. Witten with the concussion. There's no running game. Marion Barber, 11 carries, 31 yards. Felix, 7 for 7. I mean, the only bright spot is Miles Austin. Again, he's consistent for 20 or 25 points a week. They're going to have uh, they're going to have to get that ground game going. I, I tell you what, I don't know. I, I think a, a move is going to have to be made. You start at 0-3, you've got to make a move. You've got to get – I heard uh, Dion say it on, on uh, NFL Network. You've got to give one of these guys the ball and let them go with it. You can't get Barber five carries and expect Felix to come in and, and all right, it's going to be my turn. You've got to let a running back get a rhythm and control the game and pound the rock and, and really strike some fear to these defenses. You can't do that with this rotation. They're, 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 they're okay back, but neither one of them are, are doing anything right now. And I don't know, maybe it's offensive line related. It's got to be a little bit of that too, but this team just doesn't have a no. lot of chemistry. Des Bryant's oh, a great spot, but that's about it. It's it's switching and and doing different types of things and uh, Tony Romo he he likes to check off every once in a while. All you got to do is put both of, both of your arms around the shoulder of whoever it may be, Marion Barber, and just say, "Hey, you're my guy. You're my guy today, and that's what I want to see. Show me what you got. Give me your best, and let's go with it." And that's it. I mean, you know, it's it's just it's all a confidence building thing. Hey, we've got, uh, by the way, when I went up to look at that lineup, I, I, I just shot on over uh, guys in the chat room, VIP.com, if you haven't been there. I'm not uh, going to pimp the site, but VIP.com is a site that I've been using for years, and Mike, yeah. I know you have as well. They treat us yeah, good, I too. Have. I mean, they send us stuff all the time. They'll they'll send us a cooler, or they'll send us a, a yeah. football, or, you know, you never know what you're going to get from these guys. They'll just send you something and, and say, hey, thanks for spending your money on our site. But, you know, keep coming back. But listen, they've just now released fantasy matchups. So you guys in the chat room, VIP.com, fantasy matchups. 
So they've got things such as Frank Gore, minus seven against Jamal Charles. Adrian Peterson, minus six against Java's best. Matchups, guys. We can dominate this stuff. We've just got to get the prognosticator back on the line with us. They've got fantasy over-unders for quarterbacks, for running backs, receivers, and tight ends. We've got to be able to take a look at this, a real hard look, and, and line something up for our listeners at Redbird Blue. Let's get back to the action, though. Uh, again, Houston, I'm expecting 3-0. and I think you're a Dallas fan, and you're expecting 3-0. and So yeah. <laughs> it's not, not going to be – another story we need to talk about, we've got to give props to Mike Marsh, Jay Cutler, uh, the entire coaching staff in Chicago for playing a, having a brilliant game plan against both of their opponents in the first two weeks. They've looked absolutely fantastic, Mike. Uh, Detroit gave them one heck of a game, and then here they go into Dallas and get a W uh, at that stadium. So uh, well, Jay Cutler looking great, 21 for 29, 277 and 3. Mike, this team, uh, I want to talk about Aroma to do, but this team has a lot going for it right now. Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, Aroma Sadu, he, 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 will, he will be a factor at some point in time, but uh, this team has a lot going for him because mistake-free. They're not making mistakes. Jay Cutler is not making the mistakes that, uh, you know, he would make. So uh, Mike March has obviously instilled that in him that, you know, you, you cannot make these little bitty mistakes that will cost your team. And uh, it's, it's worked out for him. And, you know, Jay Cutler, you talk about somebody that looks so confident at the end of that game against Dallas. This kid looked, I mean, he looks so confident like, hey, you know, I can take on anybody now. Yeah. Uh, the story with the Rome should do, obviously, is the drops from week one heading into week two. March, obviously, he, he made some comments that he, they don't feel like he can be the slot guy there, Mike. And he goes from a fantasy star in week one. Remember, his name was, was thrown out left and right, but he must not have been running the right routes. He must not have been doing the game plan like March wanted it. Week two, he goes to the utter doghouse, can't even get on the field. And, uh, you know, they, they, they start letting Earl the Pearl Bennett in the game. And so it, it's now Knox and Hester in their roles, and maybe Earl Bennett's going to the slot, maybe filling that Mark, Mike Fury role for Mike Marks. Aroma Shadu was once a name, and now it's, he's not, Mike. So it's like, okay, without an injury, he's not he's not getting on the field. Yeah, well, you know, that's Mike Marks. Mike Marks, is, uh, he's standoffish, and that's the way it is. And, you know, I don't mind that. I don't mind that one bit. You know, if you're not doing your job, if you're not, you know, doing what you've been uh, coached to do, then, uh, you know, we'll find somebody else that, that can. So, uh, good for Mike Mars. We've got uh, Green Bay squaring up against Chicago this week. That should be one heck of a game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has, uh, again, looked sharp last week, even without the, <laughs> excuse me, even without the ground game. 19 for 29, 255 and 2. Your, your guy, Coon, there, 9 carries. Uh, Brandon Jackson, 11 carries. They don't really know what they want to do there, but, uh, here's the Green Bay Aaron Rodgers saga for all the talented wide receivers in Green Bay. Uh, he, this guy just spreads it around way too much. Finley four catches, Driver four catches, Jennings three catches, James Jones three catches. Not a one of those guys has over four catches, Mike, and I think that's what we're going to see more of. We were expecting, you know, Finley to maybe break out this season, and, and I think he, you know, he's on his way to having a good year, four for 103, but here we were taking him over Dallas Clark, and you know, let's face it, Dallas Clark, 20 targets so far. Finley with 12. I mean, it's a slower start for Finley. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of ground to make up if he wants to be the number one tight end here. Good tight end. 
not the best yet. And and I think right. Rodgers is part of that problem because he spreads the ball around. Yeah, he spreads it around, and uh, but then again, so does uh, so does Peyton. I mean, you know, when I look at the uh, top scores in uh, fantasy football right now, the top quarterback is uh, Peyton Manning, and you know, who's his target? Uh, Colley, uh Reggie Wayne, you know, Dallas Clark. So, uh, you know, I I think Jermichael Finley is going to be a, a stud uh, tight end for anybody. Anybody's got him, he's going to be good. Green Bay and Chicago should be a, a great matchup to watch. It'll be very entertaining. Um, I think uh, it, it's one of those games that, that is poised to be a shootout uh, for sure when you when you match up two teams like this. Uh, and so I, I'm looking forward to that game. I haven't pulled up the spread on that. Maybe I can pull that up later for everybody. But it, it's going to be one of those games that uh, you're going to want to watch. You're going to want to put in your Cutler weapon, Jay, uh, Johnny Knox. Uh, more than likely, Devin Hester, too, if you're in a pinch. Uh, Devin Hester should be able to pull off a decent game. I'm still not a huge Devin Hester fan. Had a heck of a catch last week. It was kind of crazy. He kind of closed Green his Bay eyes and played, and he caught it. Hey, Scott, Green Bay is minus three, and 46 is the over and under at Chicago. 46. Yeah. That screams points. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's gonna be a, a heavy, heavily, uh, heavily uh, offense, offensive show down there, and and again, we've got to get the uh, got to get your weapons in for Green Bay and for Chicago this week. Definitely driver Jennings Finley. Uh, not too sure about Brandon Jackson. What you what I want to do with him just yet? Uh, but I but I would imagine that he's Scott, Scott, let me uh, let me ask you about this because I've been going uh, back and forth about uh, different players that are doing different things. Uh, and uh, Matt Forte, uh, he was one that, uh, you know, he had a great first week and uh, not a bad second week. Uh, what do you see out of Matt Forte against uh, Green Bay? Hey, you know, Green Bay's uh, rush defense is kind of in the middle of the pack. They're 17 overall right now, so Forte can definitely get his. Even when he doesn't, even when they stop the run, uh, Forte's one of those weapons that he is going to catch the ball just like he did last week. He salvaged a, a good game. He was 10 for 29 on the ground last week comes in and gets that touchdown. What a beautiful throw by Cutler uh, on that fake corner route there to, to Forte. And, and when you have a, a running back that can catch the ball like that, you're going to use him. Five catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. So there's 14 points on a bad running day. You add that to his rushes, and he, he has like a 20-point day. So Forte's still a guy you always have to have in your lineup. There's no, no question about it. Okay, well, what happens when uh, Clay Matthews comes across the middle or he comes across the middle – or a little screen, and Clay Matthews is focused on uh, uh, Matt Forte, and uh, Clay Matthews lays him out. Hey, you know it's it's not something that it would be a complete surprise, right? I mean, it's, it, Green Bay is hard; they're going to play hard, and it's going to be a good game. It's uh, it, it'd be a fun game to go to, just uh, a couple hours north of me here in Indianapolis. Uh, Chicago against Green Bay, a great rivalry game. Uh, Detroit versus Minnesota this week, Mike. Uh, Detroit in another shootout. They lose 35-32 to 32 to Philadelphia. The Michael Vick experience is in full effect. Uh, but Sean Hill looked good, 25 for 45, 335 yards. Uh, that was the story. I really, they worked this kid so hard. They wanted to see what he had, and he gave them everything he had, man. 17 carries, 78 yards, two touchdowns, nine catches, 154 yards on the touchdown. Everybody saw the game. Everybody saw him run. He's got 4-3 speed. He, he, he's just a, he can do it all, Mike. 
Uh, yep, we've got a tough matchup this week, though, against Minnesota, who is 0-2 in the Metrodome. And Fog went down again, 14-10 to 10 to Miami. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I know you're not high on Adrian Peterson, but uh, his touchdown, right? 28 for 145 and a touchdown, five catches, 41. He's looking great. Yoshenko looked good, six for 86. Other than that, there's nothing going on. They missed out on Vincent Jackson. They couldn't get a deal done there. So it's going to be another all you got to do is shut down uh, those receivers and, and make Adrian Peterson beat you. And, you know, I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think Detroit wins this yeah. game. Well, you know what, Scott? The line is 11 and a half and 42 and a half. So that tells me that uh, Detroit's not – they're not going to score much. Uh, I see this game being a, uh, what, a 35 to 7, something like that. Uh, no. Minnesota no. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? How many points have you seen? Haven't you watched the last two weeks? Have you seen the Lions, what they've done? I mean, come on. They, they yeah, but Minnesota's, they on Philly. Defense. Minnesota's defense is good enough. And they are? We might have another bet going on here. Wow. Uh, Minnesota I don't think you want to lose two more Butterburgers, buddy. I know I'm down six to you. No, I'm down <laughs> six to Simon Nelson, but. Anyway, uh, I'm down six to you. Uh, yep. Minnesota will crush Detroit bad. All right. Well, you're going. You're going with Vegas. I don't think it'll be that bad. I think it's a. It's it's one of those games. Look, Detroit's played very hard. They obviously can't stop the run. They're dead last in the league stopping the run. But hey, I mean, when you when you play against Matt Forte in Chicago and he busts that like hundred yard run on you, and then you have to go and play Michael Vick and Lashawn McCoy, you're gonna be dead last when you're Detroit. So. They've got a lot of work to do in the running department. They are dead last in rushing defense, and so they're going to have to do something if they want to stop Adrian Peterson. Bodes well for Adrian Peterson, but not if you're a Detroit Lions fan. So another big story, Mike, last week, again, the Butterburger bet that we had, uh, the New York Jets. My New York Jets took on the New England Patriots, and it was a tale of two halves. Mark Sanchez came out to prove something, and uh, he really did it. Uh, he looked fantastic, if, if not brilliant, on his three-touchdown day against New England, Mike. And Revis, uh, hey, yeah, he got burned for a touchdown, but what else What else happened there? Moss caught another one pitch for four yards. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, I'm going I'm to keep this real simple, Scott. I'm going I'm to – one minute. Just give me one minute. Um Randy Moss, he burned him in, the, in one of the first plays of the game, and, uh, you know, he was overthrown a little bit. He caught it out of the end zone. No big deal. The next time he was caught upon, Randy Moss just put, a, he put his finger in the air and uh, just caught it with one hand like it was nobody's business. Darrell Rivas, he was uh, trying to chase him. looked like a $5,000 uh, claiming horse after a – you know, after Zenyatta, you know, I mean, he looked bad. He looked bad. Uh, Darrell Revis, he needed training camp. Two, uh, two, yeah. two But I did lose. I, I did lose the uh, the Butterburger bet. I owe six Butterburgers to you. But uh, you know, I'd like to make amends there and uh, put up two more Butterburgers. I'll take uh, I'll two Butterburgers. I'll take Minnesota minus eleven and a half against your Detroit Lions. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not letting you get your butter burgers back that easily, my friend. It's not. It's gonna be on my terms, okay? It's gonna be on my terms. I'm gonna pick my. Whatever, time. whatever. I'm I'm the playoffs. I want to keep the conversation focused here on my New York Jets. LT 11 carries 76 yards. It's LT and Sean Green back and forth. You don't know which one of them's gonna get the ball. Two different oh. running styles, so it keeps that defense on their toes. And then Keller's really coming into his own. Seven catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. This is the type of weapon we thought he could be, he could be when they drafted him. Uh, Braylon Edwards, obviously a bonehead. Uh, I'm still not not somebody well, you can count you know, on. Scott, Scott, right now, I, I'd like to I'd like to comment on the uh, the Jets running backs. Uh, I've got uh, I've got Sean Green and uh, LT both in one league, and I, I'm getting so frustrated. I don't know what's going to start if. It'd be either one of them. Yeah, well, you know, again, look, LT against uh, the Patriots, he still puts up 14 points. Uh, Sean Green, five points for 50 yards, so at six points, seven points, something like that. You know, they're, they're not getting in the end zone is the problem with the Jets right now. And, and they've had two matchups, uh, you know, tough matchups so far. So maybe, uh, you know, this week it doesn't get any easier. I mean, uh, Miami rolls, uh, the Jets go into Miami on a Sunday night game. And uh, this is the new Miami, but it's the same old Miami. They bring in Brandon Marshall, but you still got Chad Henney throwing you to the ball. We, I talked about this on Red versus Blue all throughout the offseason. I don't see an 85-90 catch season for Brandon Marshall. I mean, he's a guy that's going to get you four to six catches a game at best because, look, they just they don't have anything else to, that they can really throw to. So it, if the, the, other, the, the real issue for Brandon Marshall is – uh, the, the offensive style that they put into place there in Miami, it's, it's run the ball, it's clock control, and it's Ronnie and Ricky show all day and, and try to run and milk yeah. as much clock as they can. That's the style in Miami. Right. It's not, it's not going to be passing. It's not going to be uh, high profile. Uh, you know what the over and under right now that I'm looking at is 35 and a half. That's wow. stuff you see in preseason. Yeah. Thirty-five and a half is the over and under. Uh, Miami is minus two and a half. Thirty-five and a half. Wow. I'm not surprised that they're uh, favored in that game. They've 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 played very very well the first two weeks of the season. Uh, the, the Minnesota win in Minnesota proved to you that that division is going to be a battle all year round. Now they didn't look good against Buffalo week one. That's that's the one thing. But neither did the Jets. You know, so uh, the Jets struggled, but they played Baltimore. Big difference. Uh, Miami played Buffalo and barely escaped. So I still think this is money to be made with the Jets. They played uh, the Dolphins played very well against them last year and won uh, with the with the Ronnie Brown Wildcat formation. They you're going to definitely see more of that. But listen, if you can't give Mark Sanchez some props after how he looked against the Patriots in that second half, and then how the defense responded after Rebus went out, they rallied and they shut everything down on that side of the ball. Patriots, I don't remember them doing anything in the second half except for Aaron Hernandez through the middle a little bit, which is a guy I'm, I'm considering starting this week in several leagues, Mike. Aaron Hernandez, if, if you're hurting a tight end, or if you're, if you're in a situation where your tight end has just not looked good. For example, you drafted Brett Selleck, or you drafted Owen Daniels, or maybe you drafted Heath Miller, and you thought, you know, those are safe points. Guess what? They're not. Selleck, Heath Miller, and Daniels, they're not startable at this point. You have to wait until the coaching staff involves them and the quarterback starts to key on them. They can tell it. They're not matching yeah. up right now. It's Ethan Dixon. I mean, come on. It's like, 
you've got to start a kid like Aaron Hernandez over those guys. You know, Scott, it's funny you said that because uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a big, uh, big Philly fan, and uh, you know, he's like, "Man, I don't know, I don't know what to do with Selleck. I don't know what to do with Selleck." I said, uh, "Is Hernandez available?" He said, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, there's a there's a chance." He said, "Man, I just don't know." I said, "Well, you want you want do you want to win the league or not?" So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Selleck, nine targets on the year. Heath Miller, nine targets. Owen Daniels, seven targets. You've got guys like Gresham with 15, Moyaki with 14. These are guys that have more targets. Keller with 14. They have more targets than Finley so far. So a lot of youth at the tight end position, while a couple of household names, Selleck, Daniels, and Heath, have not really gotten on all cylinders yet. Mike, I, I want to look at this targets report. There's another interesting thing that just kind of stares at me right here. It stands out to me. I'm looking at the top five wide receivers in targets. I'm going to read them off to you. Uh, number one, with 35 targets, Roddy White. Number two, Larry Fitzgerald with 27. Number three, Miles Austin with 26. I'm going to skip number four. Number five is Andre Johnson with 22. So the four names that I just told you, Andre, Austin, Fitz, and Roddy. No real surprise. Number four, number four on this list through two weeks in the season it's Chad. interesting. Not not Dev. No, good guess. Not Dev. His number is 81. Does that ring a bell? Chad Ochocinco. That's 85. That's, that's 85. Ochocinco is 85, Mike. Uh, 8 is Ocho and Cinco. And never mind. 81. Terrell Owens, Mike, is number four. 24 targets on the year. Now, I didn't think through two weeks in the season uh, with those matchups that the Bengals have had, uh, you know, that they would have – I mean, they, they played the Patriots and the Ravens. And against the right. Patriots and the Ravens, you wouldn't think that T.O. would be at top, in the top four in targets, but he is. So, Palmer definitely has yeah. uh, a chemistry uh, or an affinity for – uh, Terrell Owens, and I just thought that was interesting to see his name up there in the top five uh, wide receivers. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, but I'm I'm just going by total points scored, and uh, you know I'll take uh, Ocho Cinco before Terrell Owens right now. You know when I, when I'm looking at total points scored, yeah. I mean, uh, you know Chad Ocho Cinco, he has him out outpointed by shoot twenty thirty. Let me let me run down these injuries real quick, Mike, because we are running short on time. So just give me a few here. It's 11:46. We've got about 14 minutes left in the show. Uh, we've got a lot more games, but I, I want to make sure that everybody gets through the injuries here. The broken rib that Ocho tweeted about. We still don't know what's going on with that. That has not been reported by Cincinnati. So you just gotta watch what's going on. He is fine though. Moreno is out with that hamstring. It came out of the blue. You get the tweets and the texts today. I had him in my lineup over Jamal Charles this week, and all of a sudden. A hamstring is going to keep him out of week three and possibly week four. So you've got to look at Buck Halter for an option. Maybe Maroney gets involved. I don't know. Uh, Ray Rice, Mike, for Baltimore, remember, he was forced out of that game last week with an ankle injury, but he did practice all week, and so he's he's ready to go. Uh, Ray Rice, you got to get him into your lineup uh, with no question. Uh, the Carolina offense, you know, uh, Jimmy Clawson is now at the helm. Uh, the Matt Moore experiment, I guess, is over. And, uh, you know, he has these receivers, Steve Smith and LaFell. Well, LaFell pulled a hammy 
last week, but he will play in week three. So, again, no bump to Steve Smith there. But if LaFell was out, you might have to bump Steve Smith a little higher. Jerome Harrison, for the third straight day, Mike, he did not practice uh, thigh injury. So he's questionable. And, again, this kid, look, we, we, we talked about him last week, right? And it was kind of a harrison Peyton Hillis kind of mix. Harrison did get 16 carries last week, but he only put up 33 yards. I mean, that was – that was not a game that you, you know, you look to for a lot of action against. Uh, you know, I uh, mean, I know that's, much, that's, like that's not much of an offense, but uh, you give Peyton Peyton Hillis uh, one bit one bit of a chance, and he's going to take it and run with it. Uh, well, Jerome Harrison, I think, is more of a home run hitter, but yeah, Peyton Hillis is kind of the pounder, eight for thirty-five and a touchdown. But again, he got worked in the reception, three for twenty-six. So uh, Harrison is kind of like Ray Rice, though, in the in the fact that. If he doesn't get you a good game on the ground, he's still going to get you the receptions and the stuff through the air uh, to, to salvage a game. Because even when Ray Rice gets shut down, he, you get your fantasy points. And, and, and Harrison, much like that. But, again, very injured. Third straight day, did not practice. He's questionable. I think you have to get Peyton Hillis in your lineup wherever you have him. Jason Witten was a full participant in practice for the Cowboys. Dez Bryant has an injury, uh, a rib uh, he, he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he is a go. Uh, Des Bryant is fine, so uh, not to worry there. In Denver, uh, the matchup against Indianapolis, Mike, Champ Bailey is a game-time decision. You don't want to see. Oh, he's out. Well, if he's out, then uh, hello, Reggie Wayne. No no issues there for that matchup. That was looking, everybody was looking forward to seeing what, because Champ was looking fantastic this year, and, and we were looking forward to seeing what Reggie and, and Champ got going. I mean, uh, Peyton has really owned Champ over the years. He hasn't been afraid to throw to him, but it sounds like Denver's got a yet another problem. You lose two of your best players in Moreno and Champ Bailey. Uh, what a what a mess they're going to have against the Colts. Yeah. Burleson, an ankle injury, Mike. Nate Burleson, they expected good things from him with Stafford, but now you've got Sean Hill and Burleson. They haven't been able to hook up at all. An ankle injury, he hasn't practiced all week, not expected to play. Stafford as well. He hasn't even attempted a throw uh, a throwing motion at all, so he's still out. It's almost time to drop him. Maybe give it one more week to see if he starts to make uh, some improvements here. Uh, Pierre Garçon, Mike, did not practice Thursday or Friday. Uh, here's another hamstring. Man, those things act up when you don't practice, when you don't work, and you're not really in game shape. I don't know if Garçon, uh, you know, I couldn't imagine he's not in game shape. But, again, Hammy, he's questionable for the game. You add to that the Anthony Gonzalez injury, Mike. He has the high ankle sprain. He's out four to six weeks. So what is this? This is Holly and Dallas Clark and Reggie Wayne all day long. Yeah, and uh, Austin Collie. Yeah. Going to get a lot of work in Indianapolis. Welker, you know, this is the first week I think I've heard them say that he is admitting to pain. He's admitting that he's feeling some pain, and he's just hoping to contribute. That's not the same Wes Welker we saw and we thought about in week one. It's, it sounds like his tone is changing. I wonder if he's pushing it a little too hard. Be very careful. Watch this situation. Uh, you got to have him in your lineup, no doubt about it. You have to put him in your lineup. But just, I'm starting to sense that maybe maybe we shouldn't push this hard. So if Edelman, maybe Brandon Tate is out there, you might want to just hang on to him, put him on your bench, and let him sit there just in case. I don't know if you can go with Edelman either. I, you know, he's been pretty hurt. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Brandon takes a better call there. Chris yeah. Ivory for the Saints now that Reggie Bush is out. Uh, you remember he had the sprained MCL, and 
it appears that he will return this week, so it would be nice to see Chris Ivory, who looked fantastic uh, in the preseason. Uh, Chris Ivory might be somebody that can kind of keep Pierre Thomas fresh because we don't want to overwork Pierre Thomas. If you're an owner, I know you want to get your guy out on the field, but the last thing you want to do is overwork Pierre Thomas. That's not the guy to do that with. So you've got to just pick your spots with Pierre. Give him the touchdown. He's the best screen running back there is in the game today. Uh, get him on those screen routes and, and let him go to town. But don't overwork this kid or he'll be in the, the same no. boat as Reggie Bush. You know, I had I had concerns about Chris Ivory. And once I found out that uh, he was practicing this week and doing what he needed to be done, uh, Chris Ivory, he may be uh, he may be a viable pickup, uh, obviously, uh, along with Mike Tolbert. Yep. Kevin Boss is back as a tight end concussion. Uh, he's practiced, and he should be a go. Revis, again, we talked about Revis missing the two games with the left hamstring. That's definitely a good sign for you Marshall owners that were a little worried about this matchup. Well, now you don't have to be because he's not there. I think you'll get Cromartie, and you should be pretty happy about that. Um Michael Bush is a go this week, Mike. Michael Bush, uh, again, though, McFadden has entrenched himself with this job. Now, Bush only had a thumb injury. It's not like he had another leg or, a, you know, an MCL or ACL or anything. It was just a thumb injury. So this guy is still going to run hard when he gets the ball. Expect him to run hard this week against Arizona, who, uh, when I look at my chart here, let me see, where's my chart? Arizona. Well, real quick, 29th in the league against the run, Mike. Just to interject, uh, you know, what what they are against the run and this and that, but, uh, you know, I think the last uh, three, four weeks last year when Greg Kowski was a quarterback, that's when uh, Bush McFadden were their most explosiveness and at their best. So you never know. It could be a Greg Kowski-Bush combination. Well, it's definitely going to be Bush and McFadden. Uh, against Arizona, I don't, I don't, I'm hoping that Greg Kowski does something. Is there's a little bit of fear there in my mind that uh, you know it, that's not going to work out? I am going to start Lewis Murphy though with confidence, and, and you know let's let's go. Plus, Ryan Matthews, to? Ryan Matthews had the ankle injury; he did not practice, and so that's a situation where Tolbert gets to start. He's a uh, he's a big guy, and he's going to he's going to rumble and bumble, uh, and should get you maybe a touchdown or two. With this type of game at Seattle, right? I mean, it's not like they're going across the country here. They're just going up a little bit north and and playing at Seattle. Seattle plays well at home, but San Diego looked fantastic last week, so I would expect to put Tolbert in your lineup. Um, Mike, another guy, (laughs) he hits the injury uh, waiver, uh, the injury wire just about every year and every week. Clinton Portis is questionable. What a surprise. Uh, Wrist injury. He was uh, he was a he was a full participant in practice on Friday, but again questionable on the report is Clinton Portis. And here's the thing about Clinton Portis: he looked terrible week one. You may have even had him in your lineup with where you drafted him because you might have needed a running back or you waited on your running backs and got a wide receiver, so you had him in there. Week two, you pulled him out. You're like, I'm not going to go through that again. He scores two touchdowns on you, so even though he gets you 15, 16 points in his stat line for fantasy owners, you probably didn't start him. And so he still got Joe Gusek through two weeks. You know, this week you put yeah. him back in there after that, and, you know, it's, it's just a Portis game. You don't play that game. Keelan Williams is a guy I tried to draft in, like, the 20th round in most of my leagues, and I have him. Uh, I did drop him in a league or two that really kicked me off. Uh, I should have hung on to him. But, uh, yeah, Keelan Williams is, is going to get an opportunity. I'm not so much worried about talent 
Uh, you know, it's like the Anthony Dixon comparison here. You know, Anthony Dixon has all the talent in the world, but he doesn't have an opportunity unless Gore gets injured. Right. Even Williams, right. on the other hand, look, it's not going to take long for Portis to show you what he's got. It's nothing. He doesn't yeah. have anything left. He can't get to the outside. He has no speed left. So you put Keelan Williams back there, a back that does have a little bit more speed. He has size and speed. You put him back there, he's got an opportunity. I saw him going for anywhere from three, $400. Uh, in the waivers tonight, so not the Tolbert type of money, not Demarius Thomas type money, but he was one of the next uh, next guys. Hang on to him. He's a guy that you will, I think, appreciate having in your lineup. And then finally, Mike, Beanie Wells. He will play this week, uh, but wasn't Hunt's already saying, look, this guy, he's limited on Friday. He's not in, you know, optimum game shape. So don't expect, you know, 15 carries here. But I think you will see Wells in the lineup. It's almost like Jonathan Stewart. I, I I told you last week on this show, I wouldn't expect much from him. Maybe ten touches. We got eight. You know, they're inching along really slowly. He's the franchise of that team, you know, in the in the future. Wells in the well very much the same with Fitzgerald and him. He, they're they're gonna be the, the faces of that team and so they're not, they're gonna inch him along slow. Hightower's still a start this week. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, I've already started Hightower, but uh you know, Chris Wells, I mean you, you just give him like like you said, ten ten to fifteen touches, uh, get him getting grooved up and uh, going on, and uh, he's going to be fine. Uh, it's the one the one that you talk about was uh, Kalen Williams, uh, running back from Washington. Uh, this is a very interesting pickup, and you know anybody out there, you better snatch him. You better snatch him and snatch him quick. Now, if it didn't happen today, you're probably not getting. Him. Uh, moving on to Pittsburgh, man. The Steelers' defense had four sacks and seven turnovers forced against the Titans. They won that game, Mike, with only 43 yards passing on 17 attempts. This passing game is in utter disarray. As good as the defense is with Palomalu back, this passing offense is horrid. You cannot start Mike Wallace, Hines Ward, or Heath Miller right now. You just can't do it. No, no, you can't. And uh, there's, you don't have nothing to do with Pittsburgh. But I tell you what, Pittsburgh, they're getting it done in different ways. Uh, defense, you know, Chris Johnson, they shut Chris Johnson down. Uh, I mean, that's that's just amazing. Well, he did break that big one that they did call back. It was a 75-yard touchdown. He did, he did, and they called it back for it was a late hold too. So I don't. I don't know. Mike Williams is in this game for Tampa, Mike. And, again, a guy that looked great. Uh, he, he's really Freeman's, uh, you know, number one target on this team along with Winslow. But I can't start Mike Williams this week against Pittsburgh. You can expect double teams all day in a slow game where you might be lucky if you're Tampa to score a touchdown. I don't think you can feel good about starting Mike Williams this week. But, again, hang on to him. He'll be fine down the road. Yeah, he'll be good. Mike. Buffalo Lynch was showcased, and almost like they were they, they were they were auditioning for the Packers to, to trade. Like the Packers were like, "Look, we don't need him right now, but let us see what he can do." And where's C.J. Spiller? You draft this guy in the first round. I mean, Chan Gailey, what are you doing? You know, and now you bring in Buffalo. What a mess, man! Toronto, right? Toronto. That's what I've been saying. It's the Toronto Bills, man. They're going to move. They're going to move in two years. It's the Toronto Bills, and. No, everybody's like, uh, what are you saying? It's Toronto. 
Uh, Mike, we've, uh, we're, we're about out of time here. Cincinnati against Baltimore last week. You know, Cincinnati just has Baltimore's number, and, and, and Baltimore did not look good. They, Flacco didn't look good. They struggled. He was 17 for 39, and, and Cincinnati never really got off. They did. They did. They, they really got their number. I think that Cincinnati's division, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh will be fighting for that division tooth and nail. So, Mike, it's week three. We're going to have to come up with some Butterburger action. The guys in the chat room are telling me we've got to do something Subway, uh, not Butterburger. That's why I haven't redeemed those Butterburgers <laughs> because I'm on, my, uh, I'm on my new diet. But we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.